I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful the Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. It's the last time, last two episodes have been uh, our interview with the great Joey Shuey. So much going on there, and I've teased this in our uh, in the intros to those podcasts, but you and I needed to take some space, get our heads around uh, some of the topics raised, because uh, those were interviews. Yeah, I don't think uh, often about how much time I need to process new information, and I especially don't think that about that effect on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, listening back through, we're going to take the first episode of the interview and talk shop about it. In formalizing it in my head, there's two big topics, and it's topics that you and I speak about a lot. It's uh, the primary center and stance, mm-hmm. but her spin moved into two categories. One is fuel, and one is reference points, and uh, just getting a chance to go around the circle with those two topics i think is is is, would be very instructive i would love to get my own language and heart around some of that and sure yeah it's kind of that's normally what our podcast is yep same what do we actually think yeah and (laughs) and we went we we discussed them sufficiently in the podcast for at least us to understand what the topic was but we didn't we weren't able to like dive deep we we weren't able to really do like each type on one of these specific subjects and not in our style yeah we were kind of we we bounced (laughs) well fuels i'd love to start with fuels fuel ended up being what do each of the types what are they fueled by as it relates to uh to their primary center so joey had said something to the extent of that she starts with two big questions that is what fuels you and what do you value most and the value is something we talk about a lot. So mm-hmm. for heart types, for twos, threes, and fours, they are valuing attention. And for five, sixes, and sevens, they value the resources or security. And for eights, nines, and ones, they value something like autonomy. What fuels you ends up building on that has mm-hmm. a, a slight edge yeah. and um, we're talking about. Yeah, and, and we spend a lot of time talking about uh, anger, fear, and shame. Um, we, mm-hmm. we did touch on that a little bit when our conversation with Joey, but like that's sort of a part of where we come into thinking about what motivates the intelligence centers. She and her partner had to really figure out ways to, to come at this a little bit differently, especially when, when teaching in less religious or spiritual settings. And, and part of what they came down to is, like, we, we need to talk about anger in a way, like, anger as a fuel, but in a way that is less like anger, 
because anger confuses people in a corporate setting. Anger m- makes things weird when you're talking about Joe down the hall who never lets his anger out. Yep. So, but we can talk about these fuels, and, and we thought that this was a really interesting angle. I want to pick that up for two seconds. It might be something that we circle back to, but mm-hmm. for me, shame, fear, anger, these are all just words that I think are really helpful, and I don't push against them intuitively but I understand that other people do. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones, the one that really gets pushed back on is shame. Yeah. And I think it's mostly, and we've talked about this, I, I think in the past, but it's mostly, I think from twos and threes, I think fours mm-hmm. are super comfortable with for Agreed. the most part. And that, that rejection of it, I think can come out of that type. So like the thing is you're, talking, I, I was thinking, well, what do you replace it with? And one of the things that Riso and Hudson replace it with is resistance. Mm-hmm. And for body types, it's resistance to the present. It seems to me you could do this with uh, with shame. It's, it's resistance to something in the past. Mm-hmm. And for fear types, it's something resisting the future. Sure. Because when talking about fuel, so comparison for heart types, anticipation for head types and determination for body types this was the language used and as you were kind of saying it i don't i think those are just like they're linked yeah to the underlying feelings that yeah, we obviously absolutely. spent so much time on and even the the time orientation of course yep. yeah so uh <laughs> i'm just now realizing oh yeah we did a series on this <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually the one who doesn't remember those things. <laughs> so if you would like to see our thoughts, we we didn't really talk much about resistance in that series, but uh, let's just jump in with two threes and fours in comparison. I think that's mm-hmm. a I think that is exactly the right word. There's yes. one word here that doesn't hit me, you know, well and I'd love to to bring up my nitpicky self that's going to mm-hmm. just raise some objections, but I do like comparison, and I personally think shame works because I think it's a relational anxiety about the past. Right. And I don't know what else you'd call that. Yeah. Um, well, we're having, like, it's also the case that we're having a, a, a great, we're, we're in the midst of, if not on the tail end of, a great cultural moment around the concept of shame. And a mm-hmm. lot of the shame that we're talking about within the culture has more to do with the ways that culture, people, uh, institutions have shamed others into believing things about themselves. Yep. And that's not the same kind of shame that we talk about with these types, with two, threes, and fours. And I think comparison is at least an opportunity for us to get there more cleanly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we didn't say this at all during our Underlying Feelings series, but all these things are easily weaponized. Shame, yep. fear, and anger. Yes. I'm not a target of people's you know, weaponization of shame. Like right. That's, and, and we've talked about how that's a, where you're most oblivious. And, but I know exactly what it's like for people to target my anger in order for them, for them to elicit some sort of response from me in mm-hmm. the world. You know, yeah. just look at Twitter I mean, Facebook and Twitter and profit off elevating anger. Yeah. There's other folks who, will profit off the other things off here in shame, or there might be even a mixture of those, but that's just, I think that's helpful. Yeah. Just to name that you are targeting my anger. Yep. <laughs> now you're under control. 
and in the <laughs> in the world of comparison, like when we're talking about twos, threes, and fours, like you might say it's easier to use shame as a weapon against twos, threes, and fours because it's already part of their system. It's already part of the way that they think about things, and like viewing it through this this particular pinhole lens of of the idea of comparison, like they're their understanding of themselves has to do with how other people see them, how they see other people. Right. And like that is, that's what comparison is. Yep. The dialogue around Instagram is always one that just feels foreign to me. Like Mm -hmm. I don't get why you're upset about this platform, but that's where it is. It's there. the, The folks who really are fueled by comparison know exactly what's taking place, or at least that's their, what that's their experience of that yeah of that space but it's also like it's an easier window for us to understand why it's so damaging like it Mm -hmm. like you you can read the studies you can go along with like obvious obviously there's some things wrong with the way social media works and the way it's being utilized and how it's affecting like that there's a huge amount of data showing us that that particularly young women are really struggling and a big part of that is because of social media and for those of us who are fine on social media and don't have the same problems those of us who aren't on social media like i'm basically not um that this is a window like realizing that comparison is a huge part of how they see their value and one of the problems with social media is that we're teaching people that that is correct. And it's just not like this is a bad way to view yourself. Yeah. 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 We brought it up briefly, but the temptations for each of the types comes out here. And for mm-hmm. two, threes, and fours, the temptation is you are what other people say about you. Right. And the comparative element, how are other people reacting to me, the attention that I'm getting like buttons are a drug at right. some level because it, it releases, it truly releases chemicals. Right. There's science. So two, five, sixes, and sevens and fear. There's, there's like occasionally I'll stumble into spaces where I'm watching. Like it, it's mostly sports recently. I never see commercials anymore because I, yeah. I pay for the platforms that I want to watch. And I've, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, avoid commercials lucky except for with sports oh yeah (laughs) and in sports you like the commercials come on and it's it's kind of shocking to me now like when when i see ads because i'm like i i know oh you are targeting my anxiety here right yeah again the fuel joey said for five sixes and sevens they are fueled by anticipation that can be a good thing i'm anticipating this next thing I'm mm-hmm. looking forward. I'm a, I have a future focus. Yeah. And the underlying feeling that can get spun out of that, especially negatively, is is fear. Right, right. And and thinking about this in terms of anticipation, it also makes a lot of sense of why some sixes and a lot of sevens don't resonate with fear. Uh, even a lot of fives may not resonate with it because they're prepared for the things that they fear. So they don't like saying you're you're fearful of something that you've already made a plan for is it's sort of like a waste of time. But but the fear is in the processing before you actually get ready for the thing. Like it, the fear is baked into the preparation, and 
I'm thinking that that they these types are actually fueled by a sense of anticipation, for good or ill. Sevens are anticipate they're anticipatory about great things because they're always looking for the next thing that's coming. Sixes are a lot more anticipatory of things going wrong, and and like that's it's easier to see anticipation sort of baked into these types. Yep. I would guess that it's easier for people who identify as five, sixes, and sevens to more easily identify anticipation in their life than fear. Yeah. There is a, do I have what I need? What might go wrong? Mm -hmm. Where am I going next? That five, six, seven rhythm, all of that's future oriented and can easily sneak into fear if you... right. If you allow yourself to say this, this may go badly. I may right. not have what I need. Isn't that what fear is? Is it about anything other than resources? I think, uh, yeah, I think there is lots of fear for like everyone has fear. Everyone has some level of comparison inside them. Everyone has some level of of anger inside them. But with five, sixes, and sevens, the idea of fear is a driving force behind them is about like the anticipation of things coming and so we talked with a seven many years ago that he did not know that his sort of uncomfortableness with planting roots here and not being able to like without keeping the window open to someday move back to his home like where he grew up like he did not realize that was fear. Like he was intentionally keeping this door open in his marriage and his family, like making sure that someday I might get to go back to the place I grew up mm -hmm. and live there. And as we started processing this with him, it was fear that was behind that. It was fear that he wouldn't get to go back. So the fear of five, sixes, and sevens, it's not as easily identified, but I think... For them, it is directly tied to their resources. It's it, and and resources being a a bigger idea than just like money in the bank. Yep. Yeah, protection. People protecting yeah. you can be a resource. Yep. Or as we've said, opportunities can be a yeah. resource. Community, job, uh, opportunities, um, enough food in the fridge can be a resource. And, and many people understand that. Uh, right. But some people just like, some people don't think about resources in the way that five, six, and sevens do. Right. Fuel. There's something there about like, this is, this is what's, what's actually activating you. I'm mm -hmm. activated by comparison and I'm activated by anticipation. Yeah. Um, I want to workshop the eight, nine, one. I may be wrong here. <laughs> And improver that I am. Joey, don't uh, listen to this part. Determination just, I feel like it's halfway there. Okay. Like I get it, but I, I don't, it doesn't ping the way the other two do. Okay. So, and this is unfortunate because she's an eight and her husband is a nine. And so they're, it's not like they're <laughs> ignorant of this. So. Yeah. That is a little bit of a two against one May work situation for here. So <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing that hits me here and the, in terms of what fuels me has something to do much more with personal resolve or sovereignty or to use Riso and Hudson's term autonomy. 
-hmm. there there's a physicality body type that i am uh that i um, that i want to place in here determination and will kind of go together but like what what gets you up in the morning Mm -hmm. it's not determination determination kind of describes i'm determined by this the thing that fuels me so what is the thing that is fueling you and for me it's something like ownership of myself or sovereignty if you were to pick one word to describe what you understand what what you're saying i would might pick determination but i'm seeing determination as uh from the inside out and it sounded like you were seeing it from the outside in if that makes any sense yeah unpack that uh i am determined to do these things will and resolve and all of that stuff is part of determination or the way that I understand this applied to eights, nines, and ones. What it sounded like you were saying was, I have been determined by these things. I hear determination almost like a synonym for fuel. Like it's almost like saying the same thing when I hear it. As you were speaking, I hadn't spun it in my head as I'm determining. Determination is different it's determining, I can see, because it's it, it's about control and selection. Yeah. One of the problems here, and this is one of the things that I I struggled with when I was like thinking through what is the term here, because we sent spent so much time on all the types wanting to have control in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It seems like control is not a good word because it's almost like control is one of those fantastic lenses through which you can see all the types. Right. Ownership of myself mm-hmm. or sovereignty. I don't think sovereignty is something twos require. Sure. Or that sixes require. Yeah. But I require it. Sure. And so that was, it had a distinction there that pinged for me. Yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, I think it's all about semantics. Well, all theory is about semantics, and this is a <laughs> theoretical question. Yeah. Just want to raise it as a, eh, I, th- I, th- I think this this may uh, be worthy of consider- reconsideration. Well, and maybe this is a good opportunity to invite some, you know, some response. Like, if you have thoughts about this, like, we're looking for the right word, which means how I understand determination and how Jeff understands sovereignty. I think sovereignty is too big. Because when I hear sovereignty, I think of either states or uh, some a tyrant. I mean, have you met body types? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bunch of us aren't tyrants. Over your own spaces? Yeah, but just mine, not over <laughs> everyone else's. That's exactly you're the point. You're not a tyrant of an island that you're the only inhabitant, inhabitant of. Sure you are. That's, this is my space. <laughs> this is a, mm-hmm. Again, Riso and Hudson go with autonomy. Yeah, uh, that, but that's that's more of a target as opposed to a fuel. I mean, maybe it could be used both ways. But anyway, you're exactly right. Hit hit us up on Threads, yeah, or on Instagram if if you want to give us your thoughts. And if all you need to do is to Jeff to tell Jeff that he's wrong about his understanding of determination, that's <laughs> fine too. 
because Jeff loves being told he's wrong on the internet. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a bear trap because <laughs> I will stalk the people who object to my <laughs> thinking for days. Like it's it's not uncommon for people to just say, "Okay, I'm incredibly exhausted by this. Um, I'm going to sign off." <laughs> See the real trick for everyone who's listening. The real trick. <laughs> is just wait it out because he's going to keep pushing and you just got to make him take the argument at your pace. Mm. That's the real trick. It's, it's, it's uh, for uh, ones in general. Like <laughs> I, I need to solve this now. If you just pause, no, for you a don't. Side, eh, no, you don't. let's, let's pick this up in two weeks. And then... no. Acknowledge it. Say, this is really important to me. I'm going to spend time on it. Yep. Come back to you. Anger. Resistance to the present and anger, I think, is a mm-hmm. this uh, 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 as Joey was talking about bringing up the concept of anger in corporate environments and that being an uncomfortable spot. This was yeah. the word that kept popping for me. Is like, nope, it's nines ones. You, if you can communicate that they're all resistant mm-hmm. to the present and long to again have some sense of control over the spaces. That's that's the in in my mind. Yeah, that works. Bang. We obviously spent a lot of time on shame, fear, and anger. I love that as a window. What do you value? And underlying that is is something like an energy, a fuel, mm-hmm. something that gets you up. Um, yeah. And that's going to be very depthy. I mean, that's, that's part of your subconscious. Probably got some middle school trauma issues that are pushing those buttons for you when you're right still 38 (laughs) (laughs) well and and i think it also like i i talked about this a few minutes ago but the and and again this is a a theme of the enneagram in general but just coming to the table knowing that like eights nines and ones are less likely to struggle with comparison as a as a thing that that really bothers us Mm -hmm. uh that's knowing that makes me have a little bit more compassion for the people who are struggling with it yeah it's like i just don't live in that world of comparing myself to other people and and that being part of my identity Yeah. yeah i would love it if i didn't have a dad bod but you know what there are people who look worse than me, and it doesn't matter because I'm already married, and she likes me for me. So I just don't struggle with comparison. And and knowing that some people do, it's it's easier to see why my friend who talks about how much they hate Facebook is still constantly on Facebook. And this, uh, to just put the footnote in, I'm the same way with fear, but I don't mm-hmm. go... I don't go to the fear triad and stress, but I right. do go to the heart triad and stress. So I get comparison, but that's because mm-hmm. I'm moving there in my stress number. Right. But I bet I bet TJ could speak speak about anxiety. Yeah, yeah, oh. and it's it like it's it's there and and like the anticipation stuff. I am not really an anticipatory person. I I've struggled with like. Just the the fact of getting excited for things that are coming, that's something that I have conversations with people about regularly because I don't get excited. I don't get excited when the thing is actually here. Like I just, I don't have that anticipatory sort of bone in me. And 
when when I do sense that it is it is very much colored by fear and anxiety. Right. And to just go around the circle, twos, threes, and sevens are going to know what it's like to get angry because they go there in stress. Right. So that would be ones, eights, nines, but also twos, threes, and sevens are going to understand anger. The types that don't would be fours, sixes, and fives. That will be a four in territory. And actually, I think if you kind of get a picture of your four, six, five in your head, Mm-hmm. In my experiences, I'm just kind of thinking about this. Not well, we've talked about fours and anger and how how that can look, but sure, the sixes and fives in my lives do not strike me as angry people. And and their anger is always like like they don't have the the anger response that that those of us who actually struggle with anger have. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's talk about uh, reference points. Love it. This so, is going to be huge for us. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell me why. I think I think this is going to become baked into everything we do from now on. Uh, this was the thing that I wanted to speak with her most. So, reference point and stance go together. There's lots of things that are kind of associated with stance, just worth talking about. And so, our orientation to time, our repressed center. It's it's a, in essence how we get what we want in the world is tied in some ways to stance. So when coming to reference point, what did you hear? How would you define it? In a similar way that, that fuel is sort of can sometimes be like, it, it can be seen behind anger, fear, like the way that they're sort of tied together. I think this is, this is another way of understanding those same kinds of terms. And it's, like if if this is how we get what we want, then we're going to need a reference point for like what, how how do we know that what we're attempting is working? Like like you y- you have to measure goals. That's yeah. That's you have to have some type of thing that says this is this is what's working. And and I think the the reference points, uh, internal, external, and independent. These all give us a glimpse of how we know whether or not the thing that we're attempting is working to get us what we're what we want. The way I experience it as I'm trying to think through this was that it feels like these are the muscles that I, like I'm using. Sure. Like I commonly use an external muscle to get what I want. Yeah. The stance is about getting what I want. I'm an earner. And my earning takes place through an external focus. Mm-hmm. That's the reference point. The reference yeah. point is outside of myself. Yeah. But also when I go into stress, I shut that down. Right. And I go internal because I want something else at that point. So I know what it's like to, f- I, I know what it feels like to withdraw to get what I want. Mm-hmm. But I want something different when I'm in stress. Yeah. In that movement, it feels like I'm using a different set of muscles. Sure. What I want is to be happy. And whether or not I'm externally focused, internally focused, or independently focused, that's always what I'm targeting. Yeah. But the world's coming at me in a variety of ways, and you're playing the hand that you have, and sometimes that ex- being a one, I commonly use the external tool, the external muscle to get what I want, and what I want is mm-hmm. happiness. And it doesn't work all the time. Right. And I got to shift to a different tool to get the happiness I want. This is true of all people at all times. Sure. So says Aristotle. 
It's, uh, we all target happiness. Yeah, but what did he know? Yeah, let's see. See, I just have a gut yeah. feeling about it. I don't really care what this Aristotle fellow says. <laughs> and there we have an example of internal referencing and <laughs> external referencing. Doing the footnote. Okay, let's uh, redefine real quick, just in case anyone has no idea what yeah. we're talking about. Uh, internal reference point is another way of talking about the withdrawn types. Fours, fives, and nines are all internally, internally referenced. Uh, we're repressed in our doing center and we withdraw from uh things that aren't working or we try to get what you want and take take a step back this is how i yep. achieve and and that means that we're we're referenced like when we the way we understand the, the way we we process the way that we decide it it all has to do with what with what's going on inside ourselves Ones, twos, and sixes, however, are externally referenced. These are the earners, the reactive types, the uh, least in touch with their thinking center types. Uh, lots of unproductive thinking here. And the externally reference is another way to say this is that they verbally process. Like the, the, the way that they get the things that they want, the way that they engage with the outside world has to do with the outside world. This is, I think this is such a better way of saying dependent than the word dependent because dependent has a lot other things going on with it. But like essentially when you are externally referenced, the knowing what you think, what you feel, all of that stuff, it has to come from outside of yourself. So you have internally and externally referenced, and then you have threes, sevens, and eights, the aggressive, assertive types who are independently referenced. And I love the way that Joey described this, that, that the world could be crumbling down around them, and they will only engage if they want to. Right. Like it's all, it's they are independent of that sort of like internal past focus thing. They're independent of the things that are going on around them. They don't shrink back automatically from conflict or whatever else. Like they're independent of the world around them. Some of the feeling repression is yep. wrapped up in that. Yep. This is why those in the independent stance can demand to get what they mm -hmm. want. If they're standing yep. independent, they can demand the attention they desire demand the control they desire yeah demand the security they desire that was we didn't mention it but that was again one of the things that joey was saying she was having a harder time communicating in a corporate environment was for threes and sevens saying that they're assertive or aggressive doesn't always translate right but this it strikes me does yeah. where, where you say i'm i'm demanding what i want with that you know again with with no regard to your to your feelings on the matter mm -hmm. and, and i would even I, I think this also independent also offers us an opportunity to to sort of soften that concept as well because i don't think it even necessarily is demanding it's like it's it's ownership it's like this thing is mine and I'm going to take it. It's not a question. It's not a, a command. It's it's just like the reality is this thing is mine. So I'm going to take it. Yep. And it's an it's that independent reference point is 
it's cleaner, it's nicer than aggressive, assertive, and like even the demanding thing. Like, because threes and sevens, a lot of threes and sevens, even a lot of eights, are they're they're not the kind of aggressive that we think about when we use the word aggressive in any other context. Right. They, uh, I know a ton of threes and sevens who would never be that kind of aggressive, but they do see the world in a way that gives them the kind of self-assuredness, self-possession to say, oh, that thing is mine and I'm just going to go there. Are you coming with me? It's fine if you don't. Yeah. Both reactive types who are externally focused and assertive types that are independently focused, it feels like there's a lot of external energy going on there. Mm. And that's sure. the distinction in it. It's like the for the reactive types, the external energy is trying to target another person. Right. Or the world out there and earn it. Um, yeah. You know, D- Joy brought up the word dependent to name that stance and framed it in that. <clears throat> for longtime listeners, you'll know that I just don't like the word dependent here. But to play it out, the ex- the those that are earners who are in the reactive stance, they are dependent on the reaction of the world out there mm-hmm. to to communicate something back to them independent types are not right so there it is it's the dependent independent but both of it both sets are you know their energy seems to be going outward Mm -hmm. where where dependent or reactive or externally referenced types are sort of waiting for the response to their energy or expecting their energy to like have a response independent referenced types three sevens and eights are not necessarily waiting for a response. Yeah, that again, there's there's something worth just teasing out here. Well, there's two things that hit me. First is one of the things that TJ and I routinely elevate is how that we all need to balance, and all of us have access to all three, mm-hmm. except for fours and fives. Right. And so there's something worth saying about us going inward, us going external, and us standing apart. That can be very healthy. Fours and fives, I think there's something worth saying there in terms of you being your best self, most balanced self. But just for my, I'll take TJ and I in turn. Um, TJ is going to be internally focused as a nine. When in security, will be independently focused. When in stress, will be externally focused. Mm-hmm. Those are, again, muscles. I mean, they're just tools that you can use to get the right. thing that you want. And the thing you want most is happiness. Yeah, I I think this might also be a good way to think about how our security type doesn't reflect the negative parts of that type the same way they do. So it's thinking specifically about nines moving to three in security. The independent reference point there coming from an internally reference to moving to pick up some of these qualities at an independent reference point, I'm not necessarily going to be demanding attention the same way that threes do. I'm not going to be like nines just aren't going to, to require the spotlight in the same way that a lot of threes do. The independence of that reference point is being more comfortable stepping into the spotlight in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. that we're going to say, hey, look at me over here. 
it's it's that we can move into that in the first place. That was another term she brought up of that being your reach. Speaking yeah. of your security number as a reach, mm-hmm. that was another helpful term. Well done, Joey. Um, the uh, something we're st- staying here that I think for all of us when we go into our stress number, it's we've said this in the past, but it can feel uncomfortable. This was a lens into, I think, what does it look like for you to get out of that uncomfort mm-hmm. for, I'll take TJ again. When you move to six, you're going external. If you si- if you are able to develop the muscle such that you are sidestepping the fear associated with going external, mm-hmm. I bet you that's a good, healthy muscle to use. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the healthy part of picking up tools at six so tj and i routinely talk about high side low side across the board in terms of all things enneagram but the in terms of stress numbers mm-hmm. if you want to go high in your stress number it's going to look something like that yeah yeah um so i know that's how it works for me i go internal in my stress number so i move from one to four i'm going internal when i go to four space if i avoid the shame in four space the internal move can be incredibly helpful stabilizing yep. Give me some perspective, shuts down my workaholic, you know, doer, doer, doer side Mm -hmm. for a Mm -hmm. moment. All sorts of great things to grab hold of there, especially if I can cut off the underlying feeling of shame that's there. Yeah. Um, And I imagine if we went around the circle, we we would find that with with all the types. It's like you have this balance of here's when I'm internal, here's when I'm external, here's when I move independent. Mm-hmm. Again, except for fours and fives. Fours are not going to have an independent tool that they can access. So they're going to be withdrawn, can be using internal tools when they're centered. When in stress and then when in security, fours will go external. Yeah. And that's just the world that you're going to live in. Yeah. And I, I, there, I don't know that there's anything bad about that. It's just the reality of, of your experience. Makes uh, them unique. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. They're the only ones who do that. <laughs> and I I think it also speaks to the fact that the internally referenced point is like it, it it's not the worst, but like it it's the one that has sort of like the, the harder job to come out of. Um I I know that some some fours will be discouraged that they're not getting into their bodies. Yeah. And like, how do you get there? That, yeah. in, in part, that is going to be your reach in this language mm-hmm. of you get into your bio and you get into one space. Yeah. But even the, uh, maybe just independence isn't the tool that, that you're going to need to be your healthiest self anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that, that fours don't, they, they don't need independence as right. a tool. Yep. Uh, they are an independent reference point as a tool. And and we'll talk about this with fives in a minute as well, that because they spend so much of their time on their own inner self, like mm-hmm. nines are asleep to ourselves. We need to grab something at that three space. But fours spend so much time on their own internal life that they don't, that they need balance from internal to external they don't necessarily need the go regardless of and especially because they don't want that because they want to see that the world is connected and everything has its place you know 
Yep. On the five front, again, quite interestingly, fives don't move into external space. They're not earners in that sense. They're not dependent or, dare we say, compliant. Um, mm -hmm. They're withdrawing when they're centered. Yeah. And then that infusion of energy comes in in stress at seven, insecurity at eight. I suppose here it is. It's the move actually isn't as much external energy as it is I'm going into spaces where I'm grabbing hold of independence. Yeah. Yeah. And and speaking to the 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 virtue, the the goodness that's available for fives, like part of part of what they bring to the world is a sense of objectivity. Mm-hmm. And the move to an independent reference point is all about objectivity. Right. The independence, like not being affected by the outcome. Like this is this is one of the great beauties that fives bring to the world. Yeah, and it's again, what are you missing out on? As if like fives being their best selves don't necessarily need to engage that external space in that way. Right. It's, and and they don't yeah, they don't needing to be uh, validated or needing to react like like imagine if Jane Goodall had really intentionally placed herself somewhere where like her her research goal was to constantly be affected by yeah like that that wouldn't have worked right cuz the gorillas would have just killed her and moved on <laughs> you know the no i like that like the one season sixes need some affirmation. They need somebody responding to what they're doing. That's yeah. that's exactly against what the way fives get what they want in the yep. world. Exactly. It, yeah. It, it shuts down the observational quality, as it were. Yeah. And so that move to drawing on independent reference tools at seven and eight has a lot to do with letting go, uh, letting go of your fear and also like potentially stepping into spaces where you need to say, hey, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And I don't really care if you like it or not. Right. <clears throat> I wanted to bring up one other type here, and it, it is eights. Um, the eights being independent when they are centered are going to take a step back into internal space you know focus on being internal when they're stressed mm -hmm. but notice how this works with eights when eights are secure moving into two space and then they're getting external and it's mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna help you in that space with the power that i have i'm you know they apparently have shored up their own sense of self not feeling vulnerable got control over all the things they care about and now i right. can help you out of this position of strength and then it can be i'll get some feedback from folks Right. In that secure space. Right. And and even then it's it's still not the the same kind of heft that twos experience in that externally referenced space of like mm -hmm. living in it means that twos are all about what other people think about them. They're all about reacting to the things that are happening around them. They're all about the world outside. Yeah. And when eights are moving into a secure place like there's this sort of independent tinge on what other people need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's another kind of funky move now that now all the numbers are kind of going through my head. Consider sevens for a second. Sevens who are going to be independent 
when secure, go internal. I, I so associate going internal with my stress move mm. and the idea yeah. that moving from an independent space as a seven to trying to get internal, reaching for internalness mm-hmm. in security is real interesting to me that's just foreign to how I experience the world. And yet that is entirely what I see with sevens and especially their vocabulary of what they feel like when they're healthy and when they've gotten what they've wanted. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, it, it, it's an easier space from which to have and process feelings. Mm. Yep. As TJ said, we'll probably be just using this vocabulary a lot in the future. So if you want more tune back in Uh, (laughs) the, the, the last thing I thought worth saying here was pairing Riso and Hudson's list with Joey's. So you have external earners, you have internal withdrawers and you have independent demanders. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that rings well for me. It's a, it's, yeah. again, it feels like the, the, again, what the, the reference point paired with the strategy, yeah, the muscle paired with the strategy. I don't you kind of can't have one without the other. Yeah. Like they they're 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 peanut butter and jelly, but like the kind that you get out of the the jar that's peanut butter and jelly together. But if you say this is what's as you were saying, it's what's underneath, it's what's behind the stance. Mhm. There's vocabulary there to find. I imagine yeah. it's likewise the case that pairing this with repressed centers really matters. So yeah. external earners are thinking repressed. They're in the moment. They're trying to get what they want now. A lot of outsourcing is kind of what we said before mm-hmm. in terms of like inviting responses from the world because because yeah. their their energy is going that that yeah. external direction. Well, I think that um, like that Joey touched on this too when we were talking about it. The the fact that these types are thinking repressed, it, it, it's it's not that they're not thinking like every single person is thinking all of the time because that's how brains work and science and anatomy and all of that stuff. But ones, twos and sixes in particular are not thinking productively and a lot of their processing energy for that space for the thinking center happens outside of them. Like they, 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 talk through their problems with other people they need to put it on paper they they align themselves with a group or a hierarchy or a uh, particular foundational philosopher and like the 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 way that they make sense of their muddled thinking is from outside of them is that the i want to call it the where they're unbalancing but it's almost if you're externally focused, this is one of the byproducts is that you're not able to shore up your thinking in the way that everyone else can. Uh, maybe. Or maybe maybe this is a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like does one cause the other or I, I think they're like, they're just like they're does. partners. They just go hand in hand. I feel like this one I think I think the chicken comes first here. The <laughs> if it I suppose I see it with withdrawn types that the action repression, it's like if you if you're going to focus internally, it will sacrifice something out there. Or the lack of doing forces you to go internal. Yeah, but it's emerging I suppose it's emerging from 
from somewhere within. It, fe- it feels like the lack of doing is more of a fruit than it is a cause mm. in my mind. I disagree. Okay. But also, I don't think it's important to say where which comes first. So I don't think it's important. I just... I think I was saying this is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if one chooses the strategy of independence, it comes from feeling repression. I'm not choosing independence because I'm feeling repressed. Something like that. I can see how or, that one kind of feels like it goes both ways. Yeah, but but also I think that like I I don't think that three sevens and eights are choosing to be independently referenced. I think they just are. I'm not, by the way, outsourcing my thinking to Aristotle. Aristotle should write about this. It's <laughs> <laughs> all sorts. But of he form. already did the he he did the work, so you don't have to. How that works with almost everything. Like I didn't invent the engine in my car either. That's true. I sure get the benefit of using it though. I but but if you really wanted to get into this, I feel like we could find places where it's like, oh, okay, that's. That's where it makes... So, for instance, uh, I was thinking, like, Aristotle already did the work so that you don't have to. That's how you think hard, not smart. Or, uh, oh, dang it. <laughs> That's how you think smart, not hard. And mm-hmm. in the same way, I work smart, not hard. I find the easiest path to do things all the time because I'm lazy and forgetful and I don't do productive doing and oh, there's lots sure. of things like sure. as a manager, particularly and uh, in a, in a space where there's yep. a lot of physical work involved, there's a ton of stuff that I have specifically set up my space to be sure. in such a way to where you physically do not have to work that hard to do the job. Well, yeah, you're shoring up your repressed center. Through some strategies. Yes. If you were to look at my bookshelf uh, in front of me, like I have all these reference books and the reference mm-hmm. books do the work for me in yeah. terms of some of the thinking I need to. So. And in contrast to that, I am constantly rearranging the space when I come in for a shift to take over from someone else because how far back they left the grinder on the counter means that they have to reach farther and so I pull the grinder close to me so I don't have to reach as far. And I don't understand why people want to do more work because I think work smart, not hard. Sounds like ownership to me. Some sovereignty right there. Part of its ownership. Not so much determination right there. <laughs> that feels like sovereignty and ownership. <laughs> and also granting it to other people. Yeah, so so I I don't understand why people don't think about their workflow in that way, but that's because other people are not are don't think about work in that way. Yeah, no, I get that. And I just to go full circle, I think that a lot of assertive types outsource their feelings to their spouse, yeah. or yep. in, encourage their feel, well, especially sevens and eights. Maybe not so much threes are are different on this one. Because obviously they're in the heart chart center, but mm-hmm. outsourcing the radar for other people's feelings to their spouse—that's how I should have said it. Hmm. Of all things, my wife's the most emotionally intelligent person I know, and but sometimes in our house, how is our child feeling? Mm, sure, is something she can't access. Yeah, as easily as I can. Yeah, and I do it intuitively. And I would also. 
like add adding to that, she also struggles with she struggles with understanding other people's feelings any in any space that's not about her. And that, that sounds way worse than I mean it, but but what I mean is like when things are going wrong between her and another person, she struggles with understanding the other person's feelings. But when it comes to needing to know what like how to present herself so that other people think she's great kelly can do that with her eyes closed yeah the one of the things that joey said that was helpful here is that it actually is that it comes last yeah it's it's there but it just the other things are taken care of first right yes yeah and it, uh, at least that's what i experienced yeah so there is a there if, I'm like I'm actually envious of the three seven eight ability to to cut themselves off from other people's emotions to get stuff done. I think that's a fantastic <laughs> tool. I so wish I could do that. I'm way too empathetic, and it gets me in trouble all the time. And the ability to say, you know, I realize you're hurting. You need to get up and do this thing. Ah, oh, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just yeah. wish I could. <laughs> Grass is always greener, man. <laughs> In terms of the happiness that I seek, I really wish I didn't care about all of y'all. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, don't we need some more stars? We always need more stars. Is that where we're at? I'll land this I plane. Know. I just thought it was a good <laughs> spot for a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I have established that I don't care about anyone, hey, go do this thing that I need you to do. <laughs> I mean, that's doesn't. That's, you see, that's me in security. It's it's oh, moving sure. to yeah. those independent. Yeah. I'm just reaching for it, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about once the second episode comes out. Truth, we'll come back around. If I if if memory serves and everybody else will know this already, but memory serves, I think we go into coping styles and uh, affect groups. That was days ago. I had <laughs> no idea what it was about. <laughs> Again, just uh, I realize that there's something. Sometimes you do need to say it's just semantics, mm-hmm. and then there's sometimes where you're like, any any time we have conversations, it, it it essentially boils down to. Here are the terms we use, the concepts we use to make sense of the world around us. These are the tools we got. Yeah. And holding those things loosely yeah, can be can be quite valuable. Yeah. Uh, but giving them their due value is is part of uh, being a good thinker. Agreed. Which I'm struggling to become, given <laughs> our repressed center. <laughs> By the way, I'm not outsourcing my thinking to Aristotle. That would be an argument from authority. Aristotle is the one that is the smartest and therefore I trust Aristotle to do my thinking for me. No, I did the hard thinking. I saw that Aristotle among all that many options has the best answer. That is worthwhile. Elevation of my thinking center. (laughs) Cool. Thank you for hearing my defensive tirade here at the end. Um, No problem. Anytime. (laughs) I hope, I hope the last 10 minutes of this podcast get cut down to two because this was a bunch of trash is what it was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, if you guys want to hear more uh, trash from us, uh, give us some stars. It'll just encourage us to, to do more of these. 
You can find us on the threads and on uh, Instagram. These are places that we converse. The uh, We have two other podcasts. One is on movie typing, which if you look up movie typing Enneagram, you'll find us. We have 40, 50 episodes going into pop culture deep dives. And if you're just getting into this or if you have a friend who really wants to get into Enneagram, send them to our Start Here podcast. And uh, that's our tool for typing, giving the basics, sending people off in the ways that we think best in terms of getting into Enneagram stuff. And that's what I got. You got anything else? I got nothing new. It's TJ Wilson. Especially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't just isn't interesting.